When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 18th episode of the What If Football 2022 World Cup Daily Podcast. I am Jake, here presenting for you the first day of the last 16, where we saw the Netherlands and Argentina on a collision course with Louis van Gaal's army going into the quarterfinals and Lionel Messi in his 1,000th professional of appearance drag Albi Celeste to another quarterfinal and they will be bound at the quarterfinals. Let's review everything and preview today's game. Let's get stuck in. We're here on the Sports Social Podcast Network, anywhere, really, where you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube here with the World Cup Daily Podcast. We've also got other podcasts too, the World Cup Great Games every single day, chattering the history of great World Cup games over on Patreon. We're also on YouTube, we've got Football Manager Challenges, Predictors, Combined 11s, and of course, Alternate Football Universes with our What If videos. And let's start where today's action all started, and that was at the Khalifa International Stadium between the Netherlands and USA. The Dutch went into things unchanged. Meanwhile, USA were thankful for Christian Pulisic's return. Meanwhile, they welcomed back Walker Zimmerman into the defence and Jesus Ferreira. He was given a, a first run out in front of goal as a number nine 
the Netherlands were never really going to stray away from the 4-3-4-3-4-1-2 formation. This is uh, Louis van Gaal, after all. Meanwhile, the USA, under Greg, Greg Berhalter, well, slightly more unpredictable. It could be a 4-3-3, could be a 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2. It was more of a 4-3-3 with that dynamic midfield of Eunice Musa, of Weston McKenney and Tyler Adams. They were all in there. And uh, the question was really that, could USA go that one step further? Could they equal 2002 and that quarterfinal exit to Germany? Could they continue that energy? And, and the midfield really was as rapid as ever. Um, the counter-pressing was still there is what they, uh, what they always do. They started life off in this game quite well, uh, winning the ball in the attacking third for uh, Christian Pulisic's chance, which uh, looked for all the world to be offside, but uh, Daly Blind was uh, slow in tracking back and... Uh, well, he uh, was thwarted by Noppert, so uh, got to go down as a chance squandered, really, for the Americans. Um, Pulisic was just as tireless as the midfield. He's found him behind a couple of times in the first stage of the game. The Dutch defence was being penned back, but you got the sense, really, that they this is how they wanted the game to go. They were being patient. They were playing the long game. And um, perhaps really um, a measure of experience, uh, certainly in the dugout, of course. This Dutch team never really have any quarterfinal experience. Is the odd name, of course, Daily Blind and uh, Memphis Depay were all, who were both part of the uh, World Cup squad that re reached the uh, semi-finals in 2014. But the rest of them, they've only got really the uh, summer last summer's Euros, which um, they came unstuck at this very stage. And uh, for many, it'll be um, new waters, really, uh, the quarterfinals against Argentina to come. On the other side of things, you had perhaps the uh, abandon of a more youthful team going into this, a bit more headstrong, willing to uh, unwilling to change their game and uh, pressing, being all that energetic that uh, under-25s in this game have. Um, they, to be fair to uh, USA, they didn't stop. It was a great blend of styles. The Netherlands essentially waiting for the moment to pounce to pick their opponents off. The problem I felt that uh, the United States had um, was probably the fact that they didn't have more of a Frankie de Jong figure to, to, to dictate the play, really. Because you got Tyler Adams, he will hold things together. He will um, be as energetic as Weston McKenney, as Eunice Moussa, and run all day for you. But essentially what... Uh, what the United States don't have is a, a player that will go box to box and be able to slow things down if needed. USA don't necessarily have that. It's 100 or zero, essentially, especially in games like this. Um, they, uh, they, sh they did show promise when they moved away from the plan. You've got Weyer facing a long shot in. You've got Serginio Dest Lalamin with those underlapping runs, which were fairly dangerous in the first half. And from isolated situations like Tim Ream from a corner, um, cleared off the line, it's always a, a good avenue for, for teams that are underdogs in, the, in tournaments like World Cups, like European Championships. And unfortunately, his chance was, uh, was cleared off the line. And, and so too... Hadji Wright picking up a uh, a poor Memphis Depay back pass um, and 
Denzel Dumfries was able to uh, clear his shot off the uh, off the line from a very very tight angle. And the resulting corner, a bit of a second phase ball. Um, had you right, somehow flicks <laughs> flicks the ball behind him and it somehow goes into the top corner of the net. Um, Denzel Dumfries, a bit slower to clear that one, although I think it was a little bit impossible, much like the finish really, which was ever so slightly fortunate, um, but uh, we'll, we'll pass that by. And it, it set up your stereotypical Hollywood grandstand finish, um, threatened to play into the Americans' hands until Denzel Dumfries ghosted in the freedom of Al Rayan, I think he is, and uh, goes in the back post, scored with his shin to make it 3-1. But really, the Dutch, they were, apart from that last, for, well, for about four minutes when it was 2-1, they were largely in control of this game. They may have not had all the shots, all the possession, but Louis van Gaal, he played the long game and it worked to an absolute fault, really. Cody Gakpo continued his form. It was probably one of his better performances, even though he didn't get that fourth goal to go ahead on his own in the golden boot standings. Uh, the Netherlands, though, they haven't been that great in the final third, but I think when they had the chances, they picked USA off and they were very clinical in front of goal, I felt. Um, Cody Gakpo was at the heart of most of it. He strung together the uh, the defence and the attack for the first goal, dropped in and um, powered forward uh, with the ball, handing things to Denzel Dumfries, who created two, scored the other, of course. Uh, both from cutbacks, first for... Uh, Memphis Depay and, uh, of course, then Daily Blind in, in first half stoppage time, which is a real sickener for uh, for uh, the Americans, really. Cody Gakpo was assisting Daily Blind for a bit of a poor chance as well as the Dutch grew into the game in the first half. He was stretching the defenders, pulling wide, mainly to the right, to stretch the uh, the American defence, which I felt were quite slow in between them, between uh, Tim Ream and Walker Zimmerman. Because you, with Serginio Dennis and with Anthony Robinson, they're going to have to bomb on and create that whip for themselves. It's just all about whether or not they can track back. And if they can't, then they've got two slower centre-halves. And um, albeit a tireless um, Tyler Adams in front of them, but with a uh, counter-attacking team like the Dutch, as clinical as they were, be, be easily stretched and they were in this game. Gakpo moved into the number 10 position with uh, Steven Bergwijn's half-time substitution. It only increased their transitional nature. And uh, I felt really in the second half, um, the Dutch weren't as, they weren't as, well, they were a bit more positive in the play, but I don't think that, I think that was slightly detrimental towards the entire game plan. I think they felt that the game was more or less up because the United States were a bit blunt in attack in all fairness, um, and couldn't really break down the Dutch. It was a bit more end-to-end in the second half, which suited the uh, the Americans more. They wanted the transitional game. In, instead, in the first half, they were met with a, a bit of a Dutch patient mid-block, which is exactly what Louis van Gaal would have uh, wanted. But uh, unfortunately for the Americans, didn't have the tools or the experience to break them down. And what they came up against was a team proficient in counter-attacking. Really, the, the, the mid-block thwarted... America. It was Jesus Ferreira coming deep from centre forward, leaving really no attacking threat. Gio Reyna, his substitute at halftime, not really much either. He's not really a false nine. I thought maybe Pulisic would have gone to the false nine position, but he was often outnumbered on the left. He didn't really stray from the left either. He cut in a couple of times if he was found in behind, but uh, very little else from the man they call Captain America. Um, and yeah, the, the USA, let's be fair, they're a, they're a work in progress. The last 16 for me, for them, is a, a giant success getting out of what was a pretty tricky group that can only be a success with such a young team. And this is 
a sandbox for 2026. In terms of the Netherlands, well, for me, it was a tournament win uh, with a uh, a manager that very much had a plan that is very much stuck to his beliefs and now has a chance to banish some ghosts from from eight years previously when they were beaten by Argentina in the semifinals via penalty shootout. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Out. And speaking of Argentina, we'll take on their game with Australia after this short break. Welcome back, Argentina 2, Australia 1. Argentina brought Papu Gomez in and they continued with the 4-3-3 or rather a lopsided 4-4-2. Angel Di Maria dropping out, but it looks as though he could be um, returning for the quarterfinal with the Netherlands. Meanwhile, Australia, Keanu Bacchus was in for Craig Gordon and it was very much a 4-4-2, more 4-5-1, depending on uh, how adventurous Jackson Irving was being in being the, uh, the the man appointed to be second striker there. And it was going into, going into the game, well, the tournament was deemed an impossible task, this game. Free hit what Mark Schwartz has said in build-up, um, and he's, he was right, exactly right. Last 16, they've already... Equaled their best ever showing at a World Cup, and it's Argentina, a mammoth opponent in front of them. So, yes, an impossible task. Um, how could they possibly win this against the might of Messi and his thousandth appearance and all the narrative that ran through that? Well, you've got Harry Sutaru, yes, brilliant, absolutely brilliant defender, and I think he performed quite admirably again tonight but his long balls in build-up could be an avenue for for australia you've got the industry of aaron moy in in front of that defense you've got riley mcgree's incessant running i think he's gone a little bit under the radar i think he's had a fairly good tournament really uh, jackson irving's good in the air as that second striker to knock things down and uh, another one that will like most of these australians will just run and run and run and of course harry Suter from set pieces he went up top <laughs> for the end of the game as the uh as the proverbial big man up top, lump it into him and see what can happen. But really, Australia, the most part of their game for this game was going to be 
The compactness of those two banks of four and a four and a five and the break in the play up trying to frustrate the Argentinians. And uh, whilst you do have that, you've also got the left back, Behic. He does like to get up and go on a few runs. We saw it towards the end of the game, but he's shown it all tournament. He's been one of the, uh, he's been quite a few sort of underrated left backs. We've seen the likes of uh, Kim Jin Soo, Purvis Estupinan, and uh, of course, Behic here, who um, I felt was great again today could have made himself a bit of a hero in stoppage time but uh unfortunately that wasn't to be the case argentina in the second half they did let them play a little bit they're probably not more they're probably not really in that, the pressing game them and it was really one move or really one absolute freak of a goal that uh, was needed by Australia in this game. Sadly enough, though, for the Socceroos, it came when the game felt done. For the most of the second half, the game felt done at 2-0. As uh, Craig Goodwin shanked a shot. He's going well wide, and unfortunately, Enzo Fernandez couldn't move in time, and it squirts into the opposite corner with Emmy Martinez beating all ends up. And that was that was the spark that, um, that lit a frenzied last, well, 15, 12, 25 minutes with stoppage time. And... Um, Unfortunately, they could not get it done, but they had two glorious chances, did Australia. And to be fair, in the end-to-endness of the, the game developed into a um, great grandstand finish. We thought we had one of the Netherlands and USA, but this one was uh, even better. But to be fair, we had a pretty turgid 70 minutes before that uh, Australia goal. Um, we had Beach with that incredible run, which I mentioned before. We had Garan Kuyol, who had a, a glorious chance in the 97th minute, the last chance of the game, virtually the last touch of the uh, of the ball. And he, he turns a defender and he's got Emmy Martinez to beat it. But Peter Schmeichaleski comes starfishing out to meet him and uh, blocks it, which was it was going in as well. And that would have been, for the 18-year-old to take Argentina to extra time, it would have been a... Uh, it would have been a great moment in World Cup football. Regardless, it was a, a fantastic finish to what was an otherwise pretty poor game. It, it went exactly the way you may expect. And with Argentina playing less than stellar international football, a bit like what we've uh, been saying about the Netherlands, although I think they've improved in their standings from today's football. Argentina have sort of been on the, the same middling road. They'll have the odd appearance like this where it's coasting off the back of Messi or a good solid tournament win. This was probably a bit of both. And um, to be fair, Lionel Scaloni has um, evolved the team throughout the competition. We we were all expecting Lautaro Martinez to come up with the goods in the group stage. I personally had him on for the golden boot winner, which looks foolish when he's when he's um, out of the team now for Julian Alvarez, which I think is the right decision based on the form of the entire competition, but it's made even more foolish by the fact that team missed three glorious chances in the injury time at the end of the second half. But there we are. Alvarez, as a result, I felt miles better than Lautaro throughout this game and really brings a breath of fresh air to this Argentinian team. He used long balls that he would meet over the back of the defence. That seemed like one of the only avenues outside of the obvious, uh, which we'll certainly come on to. Uh, in the first sort of 15 minutes, the first shot was on the 17th minute mark from Argentina, wildly over from Papu Gomez. And really, the first half an hour... It, <laughs> You did not miss a single thing. Obviously, tactically somewhat interesting, I suppose, trying to figure both teams out, figure out what they're trying to do. Um, but in terms of the actual football and shots and tackles, etc., etc., actual match events, very thin on the ground in the first half an hour. Messi was coming ridiculously deep. Australia were funneling 
the Argentine attack wide. They were very, very happy to stand off and let them play football, as you would expect. And it meant centrally things were very congested, obviously quite a narrow back four. The midfield was incredibly narrow as well for Australia. And um, Argentina simply had to go and use the uh, the wide areas. That is um, essentially where uh, where the first goal comes from, from a throw-in after a bit of needle between Behic and, uh, and Messi, which fired the crowd up, fired the game up really, because from that you get a bit of a second phase. Um, and then, of course, Messi receives a ball from, I think, Alvarez and uh, one touch curls it into the bottom corner and then the game is uh, well and truly lit from a moment of uh, messy magic. Took a little bit um, less time than it did in the Mexico match, but this game had a very similar feel to that 2-0 win over Mexico and would have shared the same result had that freak Australia goal not gone in towards the end. It was Papu Gomez on the left. You had Alexis McAllister would go forward centrally, obviously, to uh, to take up the spot vacated behind Messi as he was trying to dictate the pace. Um, in the midfield, Julian Alvarez would uh, join in in central areas as well with um, fairly attacking fullbacks, as you would expect in a game that was slanted towards this for Argentina. First half, though, was really laboured, languid. Argentina's football wasn't uh, wasn't great, and really the theme of this World Cup for Argentina so far is this whole reliance on Messi, and uh, of course, he uh, delivered the goods, as we mentioned, before the halftime break, and the second half, Argentina, they were handed, gift-wrapped, that second goal. Matt Ryan's horrendous, horrendous error, unfortunately, um, and then, yeah, Julian Alvarez sticks away that chance. And once Argentina were 2-0 up with the pressure off and the game fairly won, won, won like you, you, would, you would expect, like a bit like Netherlands in the second half of the earlier game, they came out to play a bit more. And, well, whilst ne the Netherlands abandoned their plan, their game plan of sitting off and waiting for the... The United States to make a mistake and then pounce. Here, Argentina's plan was to attack Australia, so they did so at will. You know, Messi was pulling out all kinds of filthy manoeuvres, laying things onto teammates who could not finish for the life in them. Um, regardless, in, in terms of Argentina, 2-1 win here. Yeah, the through to the quarterfinals, it was by no means that impressive. I would put them on a similar gauge as the Netherlands, really. We've not, we've not really seen... We've not really seen many teams push to the limit so far. There's not really a standout performer. It is, after all, the beginnings of the last 16. Um, on performances, you'll probably say Argentina round about that second tier of contenders alongside Portugal and Netherlands as well. I felt the Argentina were unlucky against Saudi Arabia. They coasted off Messi in the Mexico win, and Poland was more of a more of a win you'd expect of an incoming World Cup winner. Here, it was, like I mentioned earlier, a mix of the Mexico and Poland performances, and really, only results matter now. If you take a look at the, the last few winners of the World Cup, they've all had to scrape through a last 16. France, four years ago, it was a 4-3 win over Argentina, which probably more of a 4-3 game in terms of the performance, but uh, that's what the scoreline said. Um, and this wasn't a 2-1 win by any means. It was only ground down into a quite a close contest because of the uh, because of that ridiculous goal that we saw. And even in like 2014, you had Germany taken to the brink of extra time by Algeria. Spain were taken to the brink by Portugal in a 1-0 win. So you don't really have... Be teams battering through eventual champions, battering through opponents in this uh, in this last sixteen. It's all about results. You don't get three nils all over the shop, and they just waltz to the title. That doesn't happen. So, 
And with Messi, you always have that that little trick in your back pocket, don't you? That wonder kid, as he is. And um, the only thing that probably splits Argentina and the Netherlands right now in terms of their chances going forward, in terms of the quarterfinal to come, is that the Netherlands do not have a player like Lionel Messi. That is quite obvious to see. They may have a couple of uh, players that are verging on world class. Of course, we've seen the best of Cody Gakpo recently, but uh, Lionel Messi is an entirely different beast altogether. Who will join Argentina and the Netherlands in the quarterfinals? Well, we've got a couple of more games to preview for you after this short break. We've got England versus Senegal and France versus Poland. Stay with us. Welcome back. Let's start with France, Poland. Let's feel a little crazy, shall we? Anyway, everybody's writing off Poland, perhaps rightly so. Their group stage is fairly timid, turgid displays. Defensively, not much to write home about either in terms of... uh, You see the likes of um, Morocco doing quite well defensively. You see Australia doing quite well defensively in certain games. Um, Poland, though, I think they'll suffer the same fate that Australia did in the group phases. When one goal goes in, you'll likely see Lewandowski isolated, as he was against Argentina, and you'll likely see a Polish defence quick to crumble um, against attackers who are probably a bit more nimbler than what um, than what Argentina have in their locker. Of course, I'm talking about Kylian Mbappé, who will perhaps relish the task of taking on Matty Cash, etc. Camille Glick, um, that could be a bit of a mismatch for the ages. Um, but this is a 2022 World Cup. We've we've seen how Poland can wilt against that quick transitional attack. We you see Mbappe coming up against that Polish defense. And I can think of only one serious outcome here, unless it is France. You never know. Likewise, it's European Championships. 18 months ago, they crashed out to a so-called inferior opposition who somehow turned up attacking-wise when they never normally do in Switzerland. Now we know that's uh, not to be traditionally the case in terms of this tournament anyway. We'll talk about Switzerland on another day. But every every fibre of my being says France win over Poland. Um, I think that's probably because I don't have that national bias going into it. Likewise with England, I never feel as though we'll run away with it or stroll it. We've got the clamour. The clamour always will continue for England through Phil Foden, through Jack Grealish, through Marcus Rashford. And uh, they've all been given their chances, to be fair, to Gareth Southgate. They've all got on the score sheet as well, bar Harry Kane and Callum Wilson. So uh, it's a fantastic problem to have for Gareth Southgate. And I think their bench options, their flexibility, I think is, is only rivaled really with um, with Brazil, if, if not to put England on too much of a pedestal. Um, and I think at the back, nobody's been talking about it because it's not really fashionable to, to praise Harry Maguire, but I think he's rekindled that uh, international form with John Stones, form centre-back of the tournament, maybe alongside Harry Souter, his uh, Australian equivalent in more ways than one. And uh, with Kyle Walker coming back into the fold and perhaps a reversion back to the back three, I don't think it'll be in any way uh, negative to deploy the back three in this situation. Uh, I've got pretty high hopes for England in this tournament going forward, perhaps too high, um, but one game at a time. Senegal will be tricky, even without Sadio Mane, I think uh, definitely should not 
be underestimated. England do not have a good record against African teams. Senegal are composed. They've got fantastic tournament experience, not just from World Cups, but the uh, most recent African Nations Cup. They are African champions after all. They've been through hell and back to not only qualify for this tournament, but to win that beat in Egypt on penalties on both occasions. So we should know now that England and penalties don't go. And when you come up against a team led by Edouard Mendy in net, don't get to penalties with this team because they will lose. And uh, one of the better off-the-ball teams as well, one of the better defensive teams, really. And uh, thankfully for England, Senegal will be without Idrissa Garnagay as well as Sadio Mane, but uh, still should be uh, should be feared and should give England an almighty test, similar as uh, Gareth Southgate mentioned in uh, his uh, media um, recently. Should be a test not too dissimilar to the United States, which uh, has been... The only time England failed to win in this competition. And in fact, England going to the knockout phase as somehow the best performing team in the group phase after nobody picked up nine points from nine and a bit of goal difference here or there as uh, has helped England achieve that feat. So we've got one hell of a Sunday, super Sunday almost, for you. We've hopefully a happy ending for England at the end of it. But until then, thank you very much for listening. We'll be, of course be back with all four of these, uh, all two of these games tomorrow to uh, review. One half will be sober, I imagine, but uh, hopefully uh, the other half will uh, hopefully at- at- attempt to be analytical regardless thank you very much for listening thanks for thanks for watching if you have done on uh, on youtube and until until tomorrow thank you and silly of course up the three lions Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.